And uh, for more, we join on the line now by our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. Good morning. Hello. No. I tried to come in the halala. Yeah, rub it in. Rub it in. I'm sorry, man. It's exciting. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, many people very unhappy this morning, Barcelona fans, no. but we shan't say much about that. Now, uh, Clive, emerging markets, we spoke about this yesterday, very upbeat, and then currencies fell for the first time in six days as Singapore surprised markets by easing monetary policy. Yeah, just as we were getting excited, just as we were getting excited. You know, this is really, really upsetting. But anyway, just getting back into it, um, we, we, we started seeing this early hours of this morning, so, you know, we had some uh, data come out of some of the Asian countries. And uh, it was not convincing, unfortunately, especially uh, numbers that came out of Japan um, relating, obviously, to their export numbers. Despite the fact that they were positive, the yen did strengthen. Obviously, when it does, an expectation is that it will hurt the uh, export numbers because they rely on the weaker yen for them to advance. And so that was a bit of a problem for them uh, since early hours of this morning. Uh, we look at the monetary authority of Singapore as well. Uh, they're trying to do some easing. and that obviously brought back speculation that some of the other Asian markets might start to do the same as well. So that's, that's really the, the reason behind uh, this uh, rather disappointing uh, um, uh, um, um, uh, fall of the, uh, the, the uh, emerging market, uh, currency markets. What is interesting is that Iran still remains firm uh, despite what's happening in the rest of the Asian, uh, emerging markets, and we hope that it will continue to do so uh, throughout the, the rest of the week as well. Mm. And just looking at what's happening in Australia, seems the uh, federal government's debt pile is set to increase there and uh, without any real measures in sight to boost revenue. Guess who said that? Guess who said that? The last people you expect, Sakina. The moody people. <laughs> <laughs> they are in the bad mood again, these people. Anyway, Sakina, they're saying that the spending cuts that were said to be outlined uh, in the May budget may be modest and in actual fact it will not help the Australian revenue. So what's happening is the Australian debt will increase simply because Moody's is saying that they've not created any new clear directions of how to create new revenues uh, to be able to counter that particular debt. What was interesting as well to hear is that we know that uh, Australia has a favourable fiscal fiscal matrix uh, relative to a, uh, its triple-A-rated uh, peers. But Australia has had a prolonged and a marked increase in government debt over the past decade. And this, for this particular reason, Moody's feels that they will not be able to sustain that for a long time. And that is why they believe that the debt will still continue to increase, unless maybe they do some stimulus um, uh, measures. But that not, that's not necessary because the economy is growing. Uh, even though it's not as great and booming, but the economy is, is booming. The other thing that came out yesterday is that the, the jobs numbers came in, uh, the unemployment rate uh, fell to 5.7%, um, uh, creating about 26,000 jobs, which was our, uh, uh, which there were a lot of commentators were expecting to see uh, an increment of only 22,000. So larger numbers than expected, and that sort of bolstered them a little bit. But they still say Moody's, Moody's are still concerned of the growing debt in the Australian market. It is, of course, a Thursday today, and we have an investment theme, and we're looking at uh, Britain's biggest uh, steelworks plant at uh, Port Talbot, yeah. and government has resisted calls from unions and opposition politicians to nationalise this plant. 
I didn't know it was anywhere else where the discussion of nationalization takes place. I thought, I thought only South Africa could have that kind of argument. But anyway, here, here's the point. The point is, this, this, this uh, Port Talbot is actually uh, suffering a lot, uh, Sakina. A steelmaker, the giant, is not doing as well as it has done. We know that the commodity prices have hurt uh, production as well. But not only that, the, only, the other thing that's making it very difficult is the fact that, uh, as the CEO mentioned, the, uh, the dumping, as you call it, and I'm now uh, paraphrasing, the dumping of Chinese metals. Uh, has created all Chinese steel, has, uh, cheap steel, has made it very difficult for them to be profitable. So what's happening is because of uh, the Chinese entering that market and created, creating an unmeasurable uh, amount of disabling dis, uh, dis, 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 the uh, pricing in terms of the steel, they have not been able to be competitive. They've become even more expensive because their production levels have gone up, and so it's hard for them to actually sell onto the market. And they're blaming the Chinese with their cheap steel, and uh, that's creating this. It's actually a very serious thing because it actually will kill the entire industry should this continue to be the case. And so there are there are calls for nationalisation because they want to protect their jobs and they want to protect an industry. However, if they want to do that, Sakina, they have to find a way to be more competitive and fight the Chinese um, cheap steel that is available in the market.